Hey, lovely people. What's good? It's me, the Funk Lord, and welcome to a new episode of the Damn Good Podcast. My guest today is Chris Ponsalan. He is an artist, a YouTuber, a beat maker, overall crazy, crazy, but lovely person. This podcast is probably top three from the second season. We had a crazy good vibe and both of us were in a crazy good mood and it's difficult to be in a bad mood with this guy. He's so full of energy, it's not even funny. So this episode is for all of the YouTubers and if you want to start a YouTube channel, listen to this episode. If you're a beat maker and you want to sell beats, listen to this episode. If you're a musician and you promote yourself on Instagram or any social platform, listen to this episode because there has been so much info and so much good tips shared here. It's not even funny. So I'm not even going to talk any further. Just enjoy this podcast and please follow Chris on Instagram. I put all the links in the description. So without further ado, and I'm sounding like Joe Rogan here, please welcome Chris Ponsalan. You're listening to the Damn Good Podcast with Edward Quart, the go-to resource to help you navigate the murky waters of the new music business. I'm, I need to have you on because you would sure. be the perfect guest because what you do on your Instagram, all of your social media, you're basically doing that, what I'm talking about all the time and what I am, I'm trying to do as well on mm -hmm. my end. So this is this like you're communicating with your audience, you're funny, you're engaging, you're entertaining, <laughs> you. you know, that's, and that, that's huge value, you know, yeah, each and sure. every, each and everything that you put out has at least some kind of value for, for the viewer, you know, why should someone click on your video, you're entertaining or you're educating and you're mm -hmm. kind of both at the same time, um, you got your own personality and mm -hmm. you also do like good music in the end so yeah that's like a good package and that's why i wanted to have you on yeah thank you man i appreciate it yeah it's always nice to hear a compliment I i'll take a compliment any day <laughs> thank you man <laughs> yeah it it's it's like also trick on on my end you know like you when you have a guest on you always want to boost the ego oh, just yeah, a little bit sure. so it oh, opens yeah. up i love it myself like someone is <laughs> hey you're like the funk dude from instagram I'm like yeah i'm the funk dude <laughs> give it to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually I was on your Instagram before this uh, because prior to um, contacting you, I don't remember, really remember the exchange at all. But uh, prior to contacting you, I, I had no idea uh, about your page or just who you are. So I did like a huge deep dive on on your page and and the music you make. And it's I was just I it it happens quite often now when I when I go on a musician's page or a producer's page or anybody who who creates art and I look at their page and I'm just like I I instantly know if if it's something that I like you know like from the first video that I saw of yours which is like an Instagram TV video of you creating some sort of like funk pop type of uh, instrumental or actually you were like basing it around some vocals and I was like wow this dude. Like, you know what you're, it seems like you know what you're doing. Uh, you're very detail oriented. You pay attention to the details and uh, the music comes out really, it just sounds really good. So uh, I was just super blown away when I was going through your page. I was like, wow, this dude is really, um, you're just really, you're really good, man. And, and you're very talented <laughs> and uh, I'm very inspired by, by your work. I appreciate it a lot, honestly. Each and every time someone's hitting me up and saying things like that and like saying like, hey, dude, you inspire me or your music is good. I'm not taking it just like that, you know? I'm, I'm yeah. really appreciating that in the moment because, you know, just someone taking the time to hit me up over my DM and saying mm -hmm. like, hey, your music inspires me or whatever it is. Yeah. Like your your content is cool. I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. So how's life for you, man? Life is, uh, life is good. Uh, I'm currently taking care of my grandmother full time. 
and uh, I pursue you know music and, and YouTube videos on the side. But my priority over everything is is taking care of my grandmother and making sure she's okay. Definitely. And um, yeah, that's just been my life for you know the past couple years, and I can't complain because if it wasn't for uh, the opportunity of taking care of my grandmother, then I wouldn't have all this time to work on music and to build my brand and uh, to interact with people like you. So I'm very lucky, and and I know that this is like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. So I'm just trying to take advantage of it as much as I can. One hundred percent. Family is everything in the first place. Like yeah, you don't have sure. anything else beyond that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, music. Music aside, like if I didn't have music, family is literally all I would have. So, you know, I try to make sure that's a priority in my life, and um, I, that's why I, I always use that as like my my base for everything. Like if I if I see negative comments on my YouTube channel, if I receive negative feedback on something, I'm always like, well. As long as my family is healthy and and the people that I care about are healthy, then you know all the other stuff is just it's just extra stuff that I don't need to pay attention to. So yep, one hundred percent. The thing is, like two weeks ago, I went out with my little brother who's six and my dad, mm-hmm. um, just to chill outside. Yeah, and I haven't seen my dad for quite a while. Like I see him maybe like once every two weeks. Yeah, but he's always working. Like he's working, he's providing for the family. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've been, I'm used to. I'm 28, by the way, but I'm used to. Oh wow. Uh, my dad being super energetic, super on point, witty. But then I saw him like, and I literally saw him like as an old man. Like I saw him like. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm seeing my parents getting old. My mom's is way younger. Like she's still full of energy, but my dad is like he's also diabetic. Mm. But it's like seeing him becoming old slowly and like seeing wrinkles in his face. Like the hair is already like gray. Yeah. And and he's like. You know, he's not the the young man he was like 10 years ago. I'm like, damn, like I'm getting old. My dad's really getting old. Like I need to get my shit together, you know, like, and <laughs> yeah. as long as, you know, as long as my parents are like reasonably healthy mm-hmm. and, you know, they're still here and then I can see them on a weekly basis whenever I want. Yeah. Um, that that's a blessing. And yeah, I, for, for sure. myself, I decided to see my parents even more. I'm, I'm living like, you know, four blocks away from my parents. It's just, nice. they're working all the time and I'm working right. all the time, but I still can like right now, after we finish this, I'm going to go to my parents and have dinner with them afterwards. So this is kind of one thing where you see like, damn, like they're getting old. Yeah. It's uh, that's why uh, one of my favorite John Mayer songs is uh, stop this train. And, uh, you know, he, t- he talks about his, his parents getting old and not wanting, not wanting them to get old and, and him wanting to go back to his childhood. And, um, you know, and, and it, I relate so much to that song because it's like, I see my, I see my parents every day cause I still live at home with them. Um, but I do see them, I see, I see the changes, you know, in their face and, and they're not the same people that they were, you know, like when I was in grade school. So it, it's tough to see your parents uh, get older and it's tough to see you get older and see things change. Definitely. But yeah. It's My hair's a- falling out by, by the <laughs> daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's tough. But I, I'm glad that you, you you take time out of your day to to still see your parents and, and hang out with them. What else is there? I mean, it's, yeah. it's only the job that I do 24-7. Yeah. My parents, that's it. Like, this is all I have. And my cat. <laughs> that's, and, my, and my friends. This is like, nice. yeah. that's where I switch switch between like on a, on a weekly and daily basis yeah. there's nothing else mm-hmm. so what else would i do honestly yeah for sure where where do you live by the way berlin germany nice cool <laughs> man i would love to visit berlin one day dude anytime come yeah. here <laughs> you'll love it because everyone who visited me i had a quite a couple of friends visit me here in berlin over the last couple months mm-hmm. and all of them loved it you know they would complain at first like it's dirty there's graffiti everywhere and and then like two weeks later, or like a week later, 
they're like, hey, like this is awesome. The food is so good. People, are, <laughs> nobody cares about how you look like because right. people are chill. Nobody is like judging you. Everyone right. is kind of chill. Everyone's friendly. This is this is kind of my town. I'm like, see, this is well of Berlin. <laughs> do you do? Are there a lot of tourists that that visit that area or the area that you're in? Uh, no, where I lived, it's it's more like to the to the eastern side, gotcha. the eastern block. <laughs> Since I was born in Kazakhstan originally, uh, this is like I'm kind of my, still my home base because Berlin uh, was divided in two parts. After the Second World War, mm-hmm. the right side, like the eastern side, was was the Russian side basically because they occupied the the whole eastern block, and then the western side where the Americans, the British, the um, the French were. Um, and say that way, kind of the mentality between left and right. By now, it's kind of mixed, but it's still like East and West Germany are like two two different mentalities. Mm. One is more Western, Westernized. One is more Eastern, and like has those old like Soviet um, mentality to it. Yeah, to an extent, of course. Yeah. but you know they've been o- occupied from nineteen forty five up until like nineteen ninety eight until the Berlin Wall kind of fell and like. Germany reunited, yeah. but for for that like 60, 70 years, it was like you know divided, and each each and every side had its own mentality and and things. Uh, so people mostly want to see the city center, yeah, and like the tourist attractions and more of the western side. So I'm more in the eastern side, which is cool. Like I'll be if I jump into into the car and drive there, I'll be I'll be there in like twelve minutes. Wow, that's crazy how how uh, how different um, you know, uh, an, like a, an imaginary like border can make two different sides of the of the country. Um, yeah, and just like different thinking and and all that. But I, I my the root of that question was uh, you speak English so well, and uh, I was just wondering like. As an American, we only learn English and maybe you know a, a second language later on in high school, right? Um, and it's never implemented into our into our curriculum. But it seems like people in uh, in Europe, and I I don't know what parts of Europe specific Europe specifically, but it seems like a lot of people in Europe they know English sometimes better than Americans do. I just I just talked about that with with the, a guy before because he he's from Finland usually, mm-hmm. and I'm like. He started talking in English. I'm like, dude, your English is like proper British English with the British accent. Like, why? <laughs> like, what's yeah. the point? Like, because in Germany, especially the older generation, everyone's above my age, kind of like 30 plus. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk English. They're like, their English is either bad right. or or like they, they don't speak it, period. Mm-hmm. Um, people younger than me, they'll pick it up from YouTube, TV, whatever. Um, and it's kind of cool. But for him... First of all, the the level of education and the level of of the quality of the teachers that teach English at schools and stuff um, like that is way better than in Germany Mm -hmm. because Finland, all of the Nordic countries, Finland, Denmark, uh, Sweden, they used to be in the top top 10 countries um, regarding education in a whole, like in Europe in general. Germany's only bottom third, like way, way below. So that's that's one one reason why their English is good, and then on top of that, um, TV in Finland is basically English. Like they don't get dubs, they get yeah. subs, they get subtitles. They don't get dubs like we do, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool because that that's how I learned English. Basically, I, I I've been to London for for like ten days, but I've never been to to the US before. Wow. 
super interesting. This is how I basically learned. <laughs> so you didn't, there was no English taught in school. Uh, in, in oh, I English. had, I had English in school, at yeah. school, but it wasn't that good. Like shout out to my English teacher, um, <laughs> Mr. Polish. <laughs> uh, but his English was like, it's proper. The gram grammar and all, all of that was good. Mm -hmm. But like the way he talked was super German actually. Like, yeah. Super, super German. Right, right, right. That's so interesting to me because like, Again, Americans, you know, and our school system is so different from from your guys' school system. And I know you said you you only learned English from watching TV, but I don't know of any people, you know, around me that have learned a different language by just watching television or watching YouTube. So well, not entirely like watching TV, but then also talking to people like you online. Yeah. Since I work, mm -hmm. like I'm I'm online based like i right. barely work with people from from berlin and who talk german mm -hmm. barely so i'm <laughs> i'm producing and mixing for people from all over the world and right. this is kind of and also on top of that for for my for me personally i've been born in in the former soviet union in kazakhstan mm. so they they speak kazakh and russian which is my primary language mm -hmm. and then when i moved to germany when i was 9 i had to learn german and then English on top as well. So it kind of, wow. you know, stacked on top. Multilingual, man. And you're a producer? Yeah. Wow. You can't, you're yeah. like the ultimate package, bro. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But it, it's a bonus for me. It wasn't easy, yeah. but right now I can I can work with Russians. I can talk yeah. to you. I can, I can, you know, my German is better than that of most Germans, which is cool. Mm -hmm. So that, that gives me the the upper hand in, in, oh, in a yeah. business, you know, yeah, and not sure. upper hand in terms of like competition, but just for myself. Yeah, for sure. It just and it gives you another layer for people to just be interested in. Like to me, that that's the most interesting. You know, aside from like you, you do make great music, but the fact that you're multilingual is so interesting to me, and it like makes me more of a fan of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. But you, you you probably speak other languages as well. Yeah, just one just one other language. It's a it's a Filipino dialect um, that not many people know of. It's called Kapampan. Uh, the main dialect in in the Philippines is Tagalog, but there's a there's you know there's sub dialects. Um, so just one other language, but you know being multilingual is uh, you know it, it can help out in in many situations for sure. But just I feel like having the knowledge of learning another language translates to learning other things as far as like you could yeah probably translate that to music or just how you approach music or how you learn things that are music related is probably. Uh, changed because you you know you know different languages. Just it it goes way beyond that. I feel I feel like the just the mentality that you get. Yeah. You, I, I got and myself. I got Russian mentality, like mm -hmm. pure Russian mentality. Um, some Jewishness, then lots and lots of German as well, and then the whole whole international package from 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 you guys from from the US as well. So that gives me kind of like like perspective on things where I would usually mm. someone would be stuck there. I can kind of watch it from from different perspective. I'm like, hey, like I don't have to be stuck, and just in one way, I can look at it from different perspective, and it right. gives me like the whole experience to that. And I can relate to other people as well because mm -hmm. like my ex girlfriend was um, she came from Afghanistan, so the whole oh, wow. traditional thing that was kind of you know. For a German guy, that would be way difficult to understand. For me, yeah. like with the Russian and, and Kazakh culture behind, that's way easier to relate. Still difficult. Mm -hmm. That Abba, uh, that's German, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's Abba is, is bad in German, but like way more relatable th right. than a just, German you guy. You just would have do. more of an open mind to to different things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I get that. It's kind of like traveling different countries, like oh, kind of yeah. ingesting the culture, and like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like. 
<laughs> man of the people, man of the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Shout out to Timbal. <laughs> dude, this, uh, I used to like, or people used to bash Pitbull, but this dude is, is a working horse. Oh man, incredible. I was just, I, it's funny because I just had a, I was on a road trip with my cousin the other day and we, we, we started quoting some Pitbull lines just like, you know, as a joke, because, you know, there are Pitbull lines that are, uh, I guess, jokes to some people. And, and, you know, we do, yeah, kind of cheesy them. sometimes. Yeah, it's very cheesy. But, and then I looked at his discography and I was like, wow, like some of the music is actually, it's really good. And it doesn't sound anything like the singles, how the singles sound. Right. Um, which are very quote unquote pop. Uh, but, you know, I was diving deeper into, especially, uh, more specifically, his newest album. And it's, you know, it's 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 really good. And he puts in a lot of work. So Right. And he's a good human being. You know, he's a family man, married, yeah. kids. He got a college degree. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, he got a college degree. This dude is... is is it, he's not a Latino gangster yeah. as he looks like, maybe. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's a solid, like, knowledgeable dude. And he wow. also... He's like Aiken. Like, they build... Um, foster homes wow um they help out children they're like lots and lots of charity work as well so yeah shout out to pitbull shout out to pitbull man for real like not a joke this time shout out to pitbull <laughs> <laughs> dude i see a lots of um classic covers behind you the vinyl yeah covers from uh-huh you're pretty much a 70s fan as well i love seven uh 70s is uh probably my favorite era of uh, of music like specifically soul music from that era is my favorite it's the best to sample true true and it's uh it's just my favorite to listen to and i think i picked a lot of that up from jay dilla because uh jay dilla sampled a lot of 70s records um, and I think that's where my influence came from. But um, yeah, a lot of the records are actually my my dad's records from the Philippines, and uh, I brought them here, um, you know, after after we took a trip there. So a lot of those are his. Um, a lot of them are just uh, some that I picked up from thrift stores over the years from sampling. And uh, right, and you just, would love Berlin for that. Oh yeah, they have a yeah, it, lots nice. lots of record stores. Super nice. cheap actually. Like you can you can go go in with like 20, 20 bucks and mm -hmm. come out with like ten records. Get a lot, yeah. That's cool, man. I love vinyl. Unfortunately, I don't sample from vinyl. I don't really sample a lot these days anymore. But um, I do love like just the the feeling of setting the vinyl on and and playing vinyl. Uh, it's just not as accessible as you know playing music from Spotify. So true. The convenience <laughs> takes takes the, the upper hand. The convenience, yeah, it just takes the upper hand. But playing record, uh, playing vinyls, uh, there's just a, it's just a different feeling, you know, to play it from there. True. What's your compositional approach right now? Um, right now, I'm I'm a huge fan of Splice. Um, I love grabbing inspiration from Splice. Uh, it's just quick. It's efficient. Whatever can get me the quickest idea. And will, what will get me going is what I'm going to go for. So I'll go through Splice and, and I'll listen to different percussion loops or maybe like a guitar loop, um, throw that in, and then I will build around that. And sometimes I'll remove that loop and then build something else after that. Um, but Splice is usually my go-to uh, for for quick inspiration. Yeah, Splice is great. I just I just wish they would fix their search function since it's not as yeah, flexible. Yeah, same. If, if you're same. looking for something specific, yeah. like I was I was I was looking for a wave sample, like waves mm -hmm. foley. Yeah, and I just put in waves and like 
nothing came out that was resembling waves actually yeah it's um, anything but waves it's uh yeah that that's the only thing that i would you know i would uh suggest i guess for for splice uh the, the search functionality could use a little work but other than that i love yeah just the uh the convenience of splice it's such a great idea that's one of the best platforms yeah that helped musicians step a foot you know into mm -hmm. into the scene over the last couple of years yeah. what else came for us like nothing, nothing. honestly yeah honestly nothing. i can't even think of you know because I, I the days of selling sample packs and i don't know if this is in your realm at all but selling sample packs uh in the hip-hop community was a very big thing for a while um and then splice came and kind of you know they're, they're kind of slowing all of that down so or straight up killed it off yeah killed it off yeah exactly um so yeah and they bought up so many companies as well like sample magic used to be mm -hmm. by themselves now they bought sample magic which is like i love sample magic one of the best companies i worked with them in the past as well um they bought it they recently also splice who was it was it splice or spotify no it's spotify mm. spotify bought sound better oh wow and sound better is one of the biggest platforms for if you don't know it or Whoever is listening, I need to know it. Soundbetter is basically the the Craigslist for hiring top liners, singers, mm. um, mixing engineers, whatever. If you wow. Google like hire a mixing engineer, Soundbetter is like the, the top spot mostly, and it was the biggest platform for us. It's like Upwork but high quality and and only for us. Yeah. Um. For for musicians, it, it kind of sounds like uh sounds like Fiverr a little bit. But but it, it doesn't have like the the. Fiverr aspect to it, if you know gotcha. what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's more like the the high quality, higher end, yeah, uh, higher budget as well. Mm. I, that's interesting. I've never heard of Sound Better. So they yeah, they, they don't run. They don't run. Well, they they they're still a company, but they're just they were just bought out by. Uh, they bought out by Spotify. Spotify. Now gotcha. they're sharing. I don't know gotcha. what what will happen um, to them in the future, but. Soundbetter is what allowed me initially to get my first couple pay paying jobs like mm. three to four years ago when I when I started to go full time, um, basically. So you sign up either as a provider or as as someone who who needs something. But usually, if if you're a producer or mixing engineer, sign up, um, fill out your profile. Looks like you know, like a Facebook profile mm -hmm. more or less. You got your little portfolio there as well, uh, and then people start hiring you. There's like paid and a free tier. And depends on you just start getting paid jobs and you pay some I don't know five ten percent commission um, to sound better in the end and that that's that's how it is and as long as you provide good uh, high quality stuff your reviews are good and you don't have any negative reviews as well right. you stay up further up in the search algorithm and you get more jobs because your visibility you know when you go onto the site it's like where it's kind of like Google and, and SEO. Yeah, for sure. So if, if you're like, if you get bad reviews, you get just pushed down in the list. If you're a like good provider, they want to have you up there because they're making money off of you as well, right. logically. So they would promote you. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of how it works. I, right now, I feel like by now it's very, very crowded and oversaturated. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it is. By now, because, you know, nobody wants to do the the heavy lifting, the, the actual promotion and, and marketing, branding stuff for, for them, by them, yeah. by themselves. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to kind of, you know, that's the same thing when people want to want to get signed by labels and don't do any any relationship building with their fans. Like, hey, yeah. label, sign me and do all of the work. I'll just <laughs> right. be at the studio and the tour bus and chilling, yeah, yeah. which is uh -huh. fine. This, this is very similar to that, but... Two years ago, it was a good platform that allowed me to get, I don't know what my earnings are, maybe like 2,000 euros mm. or like dollars, which is good, 
you know, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. But right now, I haven't I haven't gotten a job in months, which I don't need to. But it just. Yeah. Um, but you're still on there, so. Yeah, I'm I'm still on there. I haven't deleted my my, my profile. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that's I, I'm I'm glad that there are platforms like that because it helps musicians and producers get their foot in the door and and get them get some work. Yeah. So lots and lots of people still on there, still at the top of the platform. They're still making a killing, not a living, a killing off of the platform. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, to be bought out by Spotify, that has to mean something, right? Yeah, it's basically <laughs> the biggest platform for for. Professionals. Yeah, I got. I got to check that out. I've. I've. I've never heard of uh, Sound Better. That's. Sound, that's so. Yeah. You know, I thought Fiverr, and I, you know, I'm sure there's other sites similar to Fiverr, but that was kind of my only uh, sort of reference for right. finding other musicians, other than putting out a post on Instagram or Twitter to find people. So yeah, Soundberry cool. is basically the first choice. Yeah, I would use Fiverr if I would use Fiverr. I would only use that probably for. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Oh no! This is the funniest thing. Like I live at the sixth uh, floor and uh -huh. I don't have any neighbors. Like I don't have anyone left and right to me. I don't have anyone above. Yeah. So um, most of the time I can bang out mixes three in the morning as loud as, as I want. I don't yeah. do it, but I could. So <laughs> there's, could. there's, yeah, I could. There's no one there basically. And each and every time I need like everything to be quiet for those things, like for podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Is someone else kind of like appears from, I don't know. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Are they, uh, <laughs> nowhere. is your area still, uh, is it a developing area or um, everything has pretty much been built and, you know, everything is. Um, it's been built actually, but due to the fact that Berlin is expanding so fast and yeah. people, like the rates for like the rent is, is almost impossible to pay by now. It's really, really high. Even like for one small like boxes, one, one room apartment, studio apartments is super, super high. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And yeah, they're they're expanding like like yeah. Every, everything, each and every corner that can be used is being used. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like they're they need more space now. <laughs> like with the way they're building. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know who, who it might be, but that's I will thank them afterwards. Yeah, but that's cool though that you you have the the ability to uh you know listen to music as as loud as you would like to, even though I'm sure you are respectful to the people that you live around. 100%. Um, yeah. Cause you know, it, it would be, I, I've, I've, uh, I haven't lived on my own, but I have family members who have lived around other musicians and, um, it's not really fun to, to be next door to somebody who's <laughs> playing music all the time. So true, true. <laughs> but I don't have any neighbors. That, that's a good thing. Like yeah. I have a gra grandpa that's, that's below, but he's like, he can't even hear properly. <laughs> yeah. Every time I say hello, he's like, huh? Bus? <laughs> I'm like, have a good night, sir. <laughs> oh, man. I just forgot what I wanted to ask, but I had like, I, I had a good question, I feel like. It's all good, man. I'm, I'm so mesmerized by uh, how clean your room, uh, your, I don't know if that's your studio or your room or whatever you're at. It's, it's, it's both. It's, it's my primary room and my, yeah, my kind of, and my studio. It's, uh, it's it looks very organized and it seems like you know where everything is at. And I, I'm, uh, I do. I'm envious of that. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. The story behind it, I'll keep it as short as possible. But basically, I was, I was super messy when I was a teenager mm -hmm. and my mom always used to give me proper slaps for not cleaning up my room. <laughs> and I didn't understand why, but then I basically went through a period of, of like burnout and like anxiety shit a couple of years ago. And then 
if I didn't have my, my shit ordered and in, 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 in place and I didn't know what where something was, that would confuse the shit out of me basically yeah. in that period. So I used to, and also to distract myself from kind of you know, anxiety states and shit like that, I would, I would clean up my room each and every day, mop the floors, <laughs> have everything sorted and, and ordered by, by color. And, and, and that stayed with me since then, like a habit, which is cool. So yeah. I'm feeling great now, but also my, my room also looks clean, which is, which is a good, good thing to have. Oh yeah, I, 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 don't, I really don't see the downside in, in having, in being organized other than like, you know, being upset when it's not organized. So Exactly. Also, if you start a business and you start like, implementing stuff you need to 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 put up uh systems in place if you don't oh, yeah. have like a system for everything for yeah. each and everything that you do you're gonna fail because there's so much so many little details that you need to take care of in the business mm -hmm. each and everything should have a system in place from your client work using a crm using uh email templates having a mixing template having your plugins oh, sort God. everything on your desktop to whatever you do in your life should have you know the discipline and and like logic behind it yeah for sure I, I the templates uh when i s first started using templates i was so blown away that i wasn't using them before because like it just makes everything so much quicker and like the faster you can get out like sp for for producing specifically the faster you can get out an idea the better because like if you're spending time you know looking for certain plugins or or just looking for I don't know, whatever you're looking for during the production process, you're going to lose that idea so quick. And it's, uh, that's, it's super valuable because it, you know, when, when, it, when it's there, you got to take advantage of it. 100%. What do you use for a dog? Ableton as well? Ableton. Yeah. Ableton has been my go-to for, you know, the past four or five years. And, um, uh, I love it, man. Ableton is, is the best. This is exactly why I love it because it gets you the idea out of your head into the real world as fast mm -hmm. as possible. There's yeah. nothing faster than, than Ableton. I feel like this is why I use it for everything. Yeah. Also why, because it's Berlin based. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would, it would, it would, I feel like it wouldn't make sense to use anything else. <laughs> yeah. Ableton or Cubase, but Cubase yeah. is uh, kind of like not my generation anymore. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that sounds yeah, similar. A little bit, a little bit older, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I love Ableton, man, and and it it sh it shocks me when people uh, ask if I'm if I'm gonna try something else. Why? Um, like why? I, I don't. I just why would I? You know, like why why would I switch over to a different uh, DAW when I understand how to use Ableton and it works for me? Um, why, you know, what what would you even use? Like yeah, like Pro, exactly. Pro Tools for producing? <laughs> like please, yeah, exactly. So. You know, I, I don't know. I, I love Ableton and uh, the company is great. And uh, the people there that work there are, are incredibly nice people. So shout out to Ableton. At this point, shout out to Ableton. Yeah, lots of shout outs. You got to get, yeah, Ableton's got to sponsor this. Gotta At this point, shout podcast. out to Ableton. <laughs> <laughs> In regards to YouTube. Now I see YouTube is still your main platform. Yes. If I'm right. Mm -hmm. But you still put lots and lots of focus onto Instagram as well lately. So what's behind that? How you see YouTube developing over the last couple of months and years? Because I, I see a lot, lots, lots of people either switch to Instagram or implement other monetization methods on YouTube, like going to Patreon, mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that, because all of that demonetization and then like the politics that, that YouTube puts in place at this point. Um, I think, yeah, YouTube has been growing a lot, uh, you know, over the past few years and, you know, the whole demonetization and, and the whole, uh, you know, ad apocalypse, quote unquote, was kind of a big thing for YouTubers. <laughs> um, but the reason I like using other platforms is just because like, I know that not all of my 
I guess subscribers or quote unquote fans, like they're not always on YouTube. They're they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, they're on TikTok, um, they're on a different platform. So I just try to div- diversify my my brand by being active on different platforms and sharing different types of content for each platform. Um, because I feel like it's important and I think if I want to continue to grow my brand and, and, uh, build a fan base, then I have to do different things. I can't just stick to YouTube because, you know, maybe YouTube will decide to stop being YouTube (laughs) tomorrow and and I'll be, and I'll be, you know, I won't have fans anywhere on, on any other platform. So I think it's important to diversify and I love YouTube. It's still my biggest platform, but I'm trying to grow other platforms because I know that one day something is going to sink and I have to be ready to uh, move on to the next. So totally. I've been reluctant to switch to anything else. People always ask me like, Hey dude, do you want to do like a YouTube channel? Maybe like I want to do lots of things, but just mm-hmm. the amount of energy one has in a day, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's very limited. So mm-hmm. I always put so much intent and like skill and, and, and time into, into Instagram and the podcast. So I don't have any time to, to do anything else. So that's, yeah. that's kind of my primary platform. I'm going to stay for the next time. It's just, you know, just simple math. If, if you take like hundred percent of your energy and you divide it between five platforms, because some, sometimes people want to, want to be everywhere, like Facebook, 10%, 20%, YouTube, yeah. 20%, Instagram, then email. And then they do like all this kinds of BS, but when do they have the time to actually work on their skill set and, and yeah. the, the quality of the content? That, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. So For sure. I see lots and lots of people do lots of things, but the quality of content is lacking nowadays. There's lots of content, but there's not enough actually good polished content that would interest me actually. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, sort of the hack for me, I guess, uh, was putting a lot of energy into making YouTube videos. But then within that YouTube video, there's tons of micro content that I could take from that longer piece of content and sort of uh, make it more native to Instagram or or a different platform. So that's kind of been uh, the, the, the formula for me. I'll just focus all my time on a YouTube video. And then after that eight or nine minute YouTube video, there's at least like four or five different pieces of content that I can take from that and kind of uh, rebrand it and make it into like make it more native for Instagram and, and make it sort of a new thing for Instagram. So that's kind of been yeah. my, my formula. That's possible. Like yeah. working kind of down, not downgrading that, but working backwards from, from mm-hmm. a bigger to, to a smaller, simpler thing that works mm-hmm. for me, it yeah. wouldn't probably work, but for people, because I have students who I coach on a weekly or by, I don't know, like on, on a regular basis. And some of them want to, want to do what I do is produce other people and then like do mixing other want to be artists themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them want to start a YouTube channel now. And they always ask me, Hey, will YouTube, will I be able to build a following on YouTube? And the thing is, of course, like, yes, you can build a following anywhere you want if the mm-hmm. content is there, but just in general, how hard is it to, to start something from zero now on YouTube and kind of not pop, but make like sustainable growth over a certain period of time, because that's even for me as Instagram is my main platform. If you start from zero now, it's first of all, it's way difficult than it was two years ago because of the algorithm, algorithm change, change, like it's almost impossible to, to gain any followers. I've been stuck at 10 K for like half a year and I I produce good content each and every day, you know, like I don't have stuff like I pay for ads as well, which is Mm -hmm. a whole different thing, which is a good thing to do. Yeah. But like, of course you can pop. And if your content is good, people will enjoy it. But just objectively, 
starting something from zero to whatever, 10K, 20K on Instagram is very difficult now. Yeah. How, how is it on, on YouTube? Um, I think with anything, not just YouTube, I think starting anything from ground zero is very difficult. Like you said, Instagram, uh, starting on, on zero from zero on Twitter, uh, YouTube, I think they're all difficult. And I think what makes it easier is having an understanding of the platform. So if I were to start another YouTube channel, I think I would have an advantage over people who are just starting, who never had a YouTube channel before, you know, because I understand the algorithm. I understand yeah. what's going to be captivating for audi- for the audience, you know? So I think it would- You got the skill set. Exactly. So I think I've built a skill set. Uh, so in comparison to somebody who's starting from literally zero and, and has never done YouTube, they're going to have a more of a difficult time. Um, so is it difficult to build on YouTube? Yes and no. Um, There are a lot of people on the platform, but I think if you understand the platform and you understand the audience that you're going for, then I don't think it should be too difficult to build an audience, especially when you know exactly the type of audience you're looking for and what you want to happen from your YouTube channel. I think because when I started my YouTube channel back in 2014, and I was doing these vlog type of videos where I was just recording my life and putting them together. And then when I switched my focus to uh, production videos, that's when I saw the growth because I knew exactly the audience that I wanted and I know what other people wanted to see. So I worked backwards from there and that's sort of how I found uh, some sort of success on YouTube. Right. Well, yeah. of course, you should always have your target audience in mind. Yeah. Like each and every mm-hmm. step you do, like, is it helping my target audience reach their goals? Mm-hmm. So logically. Yeah, it, it just makes the most sense. But honestly, when, when I would hear target audience uh, before, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't understand it the way I understand it now. Because I always heard people say, like, you need to understand who you're targeting. You need to understand who you're targeting. But it's like, I, I don't know who I want. I, I didn't know who I wanted to target. <laughs> so right. when you can figure that out, it makes everything so much easier. Right. Well, it depends on what you want to do. Like, yeah. what's, what's your skill set? What do you want to achieve in life? What, what are your goals? And yeah. what do you want to do on, on a daily basis? If you take me, for example, like, I want to be the best or one of the best professionals in my niche, which is like mm-hmm. all of the pop funk stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm already working on building that. Who's my target audience? Basically, independent or not independent uh, musicians, yeah. artists, not producers, because, you know, I don't want to produce, I'm not going to pay my bills in the end, you know? <laughs> exactly. Which is, I mean, I love producers, I love helping them out, and the, and it builds my brand if I show anything, uh, if I show my Ableton screen, that builds my authority, because people will know, like, hey, this dude knows what he does mm-hmm. uh, in Ableton or whatever. But primarily, those are artists, low tire, mid tire, high tire. Um, is it tier or tire? I don't know, because, tier, it's, you know... It's t- tier, tire, I mean, you know, I understood what you were saying, so it doesn't really matter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because in German, tier means animal. Oh, wow. And it's 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 funny, because I say it, and like I have animal in my mind. It's like, oh, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> what am I saying there? But you know what I mean. Um, so that would be my audience. So me yeah. h- helping them with this podcast and with everything I, I put out on Instagram is kind of yeah. them guiding them to their goal. What they want, what do they want to do? Like my target audience wants to live off of music, make music they're living. They want to sing. They want to be on stage. They want to mm-hmm. have streams. They want to have money, chicks, sex, fame, whatever. <laughs> it's all part of that, yeah. you know? And I'm helping them to achieve that, you know? Yeah. In a sense, you know, I'm, I'm giving them good music and I give them guidance on how to achieve their ultimate goals. So this is kind of 
my my background for for whatever I'm doing. Um, I'm also benefiting from from those interactions I'm having with you right now and all of that. Um, so it's it's all 50-50 win-win mutual base um, yeah. in each and every um, step. I try at least, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, never perfect in the end. <laughs> so, but but I think the most important takeaway from that is that you understand what you want to happen and you understand your goals. So you don't waste time, you know, doing things that won't help that goal. Exactly. And I mean, you need time until you, you get there. You know, you might, you might stumble, you might try shit out for a year or two until you actually understand what you want to do, mm-hmm. who your audience is, and how you can help them achieve that goal. You know, it's not something that you just sit down and just snap your fingers and then you have a perfect strategy plan right. on how to, you know, market yourself accordingly. You need to try it out. It's, it's, it's a tryout thing. It's like, it's very, very puzzly. Mm-hmm, exactly. Piece by piece. It just takes time. Uh, I think, um, you know, a lot of people hit me up every day asking, you know, how can I make this happen or how can I make that happen? And it's, uh, it doesn't, things don't come instantly exactly. and things that do, and things that do come instantly, they, they fade away just as quick as they came. Yep. I always so. call it, it's called building a career. It's not having it fall in place instantly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's yeah. building a career. So give it time, mm-hmm. like give yourself time, yeah. put away, like take your little insecurities and, and deal with them or put them, put them on the, on the shelf for like a year or two and then just yeah. work see what works, see what doesn't work, throw it away and just yeah. refine it. But give it time and put in the work. Don't don't yeah. like look up for the shortcuts. It's it's one of the but honestly as as uh as somebody who's been in that position where things aren't working, it's one of the worst things to hear from somebody who has had ha, has found success. It's like, "Yes, I know I have to wait, but like it's I don't I don't have time." Like, you know, these people are like, "I don't have time." And I get that. It sucks to hear like the best advice is that you just need time and you need to put in work. But you know, honestly, that's just, right. that's just the truth. And um, that's what works. Also, the thing is, I always ask myself, of course, it's good if good things are happening for you. If you're getting paid, you're getting mm-hmm. lots and lots of adulation, whatever. Um, I always ask myself if I will achieve those freaking goals that I have set for myself, whatever it might be like spiritually or materialistically, if that will make me happy, because usually it doesn't. Like yeah. it feels good for, like I had recently, I had Kashmir ask me personally to do a remix for him, which I did. He loved mm-hmm. it. I killed it. Everyone loved it. But after I celebrated, the day after was kind of like a super low. Like I was feeling like, okay, I've reached this goal. I killed it. So what now? Am I like God now? Am I the best now? No, <laughs> of course not. Like what, what was the point of that? I'm like the the struggle and the daily, you know, being busy, the busyness of that was actually the payoff in the end, not whatever I, I got afterwards and, and people reaching out telling me how good I am or whatever. So me becoming a better version of myself, which it sounds cliche, but it kind of, it's true. And me hustling and, and evolving and getting better at, at the music thing, because I did the remix on, on a three day notice and I, I killed it in three days, which was super difficult for me since I'm, I'm super slow usually in, in terms of producing for someone. But this time I killed it in three days. Oh, wow. Barely slept, barely ate, but I just killed it. And that, that was like like a triumph moment for me afterwards. Yeah. So the, the struggle getting there, People always, they, they want to get to the next point, mm-hmm. but they don't want to enjoy the, the the struggle and the journey. Yeah. And it sounds, it also sounds difficult. It's like, how can I enjoy my journey if I like, I work a shit job right now. Like I'm waiting tables. I barely have any time or any money to to put into my business, my my dreams. Like what the fuck are you talking about, Edward? Like how can I <laughs> enjoy that? But right. I mean, I, w- I would see everything that you, that's shitty for you, you know, that, that acts as, 
as the contrast to to the good times because if you only experience good times you don't have any contrast like you only yeah. what, how can you know what's good if you haven't experienced bad exactly because right now looking bad at the times where i did work at restaurants waited tables was like fired and and, and you know had people treating me bad in a sense um now i can say like dude i'm really thankful and and mm-hmm. have gratitude for whatever i do on a daily that i i don't have to wake up and like commute to to work i just wake up you know i can wake up 9 30 10 and just work mm-hmm. whenever i want and i show gratitude for that but if i if i only had that in my life you know how would i know what good is exactly I completely agree. And I kind of want to go back to the producing thing because I have a, a quick question. Please. Uh, so you said it took you three days to uh, to do the remix. Right. Um, what is a usual, is that, so is that unusual for you to to turn something around that quickly? Is it, does it take you more time? Oh yeah, I'm super slow. Like if people, if people hire me to produce something for them, if someone comes to me with a demo and like say, hey, Edward, I have like simple chords and this top line that I wrote around those, those chords. I want you to produce like a good, full full like pop funk thing that you produce out mix and master it have it done like polished up it usually takes me a month wow plus minus and i i take the time like i'll let them know up front and i say like if it takes me a month to produce i'll take a month you know like i i don't i don't force myself to Mm -hmm. to you know like because first of all i charge a lot for full production you know i don't charge like 250 and then i make something in two days and just you know sort of way yeah i'm making i'm making something that's super individual i talk to my clients we talk a lot we talk in depth um lots and lots of listening and and referencing and and developing you know it's just not not just something not not like a beat you produce in a day and that that's basically it Mm -hmm. and also it's a journey for me each and every song it's something i dive deep into and it, if it takes me like a month to produce, because I don't like putting pressure on myself because once yeah. I put pressure on myself, only bullshit comes out at the end. You know, if, if you sit down with this mindset, like I need to produce a hit in the next four hours, else I'm, I'm a loser, else I'm a, the, the worst producer ever. And I used to think like that. And I would sit down and each and every thing that I would, each and every click that I would do with the mouse, I would like ask myself, am I doing the right thing? How does it sound like compared to this song? Like, am I comparing good to to my ideal? And I would cripple myself to to such an extent that I couldn't even work after like 15 minutes mm. because I would defeat myself in my own head. I'm like, I'm out for today, you know, and I wouldn't produce. Yeah. And that that was because I was I was kind of trying to to work the the industry route, you know, like have everything done fast, deadlines, mm-hmm. put pressure on yourself. Which right. this is this is this is music business but it's music primarily, it's art still. Mm, yeah, and you can't, sure. you know, you can't, I say you can't abuse the muse, you know? <laughs> That's, you just can't. Like if the muse does, doesn't want to give you the inspiration on that day, just do something else. Do, do your emails, do like templates, color code your mixing sessions for the next day, but don't try to abuse the muse. Yeah. That, that's basically it. So you never force anything. I don't. If I don't want to work, I don't because there's lots and lots of other shit to do. I can edit podcasts, which doesn't require any creativity. It's just cutting out my ohms yeah. and mm-hmm. us, you know? <laughs> and that's it. I do emails. I have lots and lots of shit I have to prepare. I do marketing. I do set up my ads. There's lots of stuff to do. If I don't get out anything proper, I don't force myself and that's basically it. And if it takes me a month to produce, that's good. People will love it. They I barely had any any people like 
be unhappy with anything I produce, even even when I when I just started out, just because well I had some shit happening, but this is part of 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 business. Uh, but lately, or the last couple, I don't know, year year and a half, I barely had anyone complain at all because I do take my time and and I spend the utmost focus uh, on that client. This is why I charge a lot as well because yeah. if they pay for my for like you know if I charge like one and a half k for production, that's basically covered my my living expenses for a month. Yeah, so exactly. I don't need anything else. So I I ha- I'm having this this pressure out of my shoulders that I that I need to pay my rent in a two days or like I don't know right car down payment whatever it is. Um, I'm having that off my shoulders, so I'm kind of I can't focus on on the actual art thing uh, instead of chasing the the next paycheck. What uh what do you think takes up most of your time when you're producing? Is it uh trying different ideas or is it uh just the details of the production? What- it's nailing that initial spark, that initial idea that kills it mm. for you and and for the client, you know? Because there's there's I can come up with random chords like this in no time. But like hitting that that magical chord progression that that's something that special in a song, it takes a while. You need to take a listen to other songs to talk to the to the client whatever he wants and then you also need to evoke those good forces out of yourself and it might take me you know like anywhere from a week to just get the initial idea down but once once i got the initial idea then it just flows from there because all right i got the basic idea oh, yeah. it sounds awesome even with with the basic piano um, and like claps and and, and kicks and, and it works just like that so right now i can actually do the sound design stuff and just do the arrangement thing. And then once we get towards the end, of course, it's, it's that perfectionism, re- refinement thing where you just, you know, work on the minutia of the song. What differentiates like a professional product and an amateur product is the amount of attention you, you put into developing the song. Those little, yeah. little things that happen periodically, like each 16, 32 bars, but help to develop the song so the listener doesn't tune out after like 10 seconds or like a minute. So keeping the song as simple as possible, but evolving it over time is actually like like an art form by itself or in itself. Yeah. So that that's that's always very yeah. very difficult and, but it, it takes time. But I I love to nail it in the end. Yeah, I I love that you take the time with the music and that you don't work when it's not there. Um, and and that's something that I'm trying to implement more into my life because uh a lot of the times when I I feel like my like the feeling of success for me comes from uh finishing a uh, finishing a piece of music and also pu- publishing a youtube video right so i try to publish at least one video a week so if i don't hit that one video a week i won't f- quote unquote feel exce- successful so but i'm trying to get more into that mind state where if if the idea is not there, if if it's just not working out that day, you just just put it to the side, and there there are plenty of other things to work on. Because before, I would I would just force it because I just I was like, no, I need to get something out, even if it's not something that I like, because somebody else might like it. But honestly, I won't be happy with the end product, you know, when it's all said and done. So I'm trying to implement that more into my life, where if it if it's if it's not on this day. If it's not later, then that's okay because you know it'll come. It, it'll 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 come at a later time. So that's a nice thing to do. It's mostly it's, it's mostly yeah. yeah it's it's, it's, it's the, difficult. It's psychologically based. It's mostly our insecurities, our perfectionism, and and yeah, you know, 
our rules we set for ourselves, what we need to, you know, the, the, to check off in a day to feel good about ourselves, you know, not to feel yeah. lazy, like, mm -hmm. like a loser, whatever. But yeah, I always have to think about like who, who sets those rules? Like, is it, is it me, only me? Or yeah. is it like someone else's expectation on me that I want to try to, to fulfill like our parents or audience and mm -hmm. that stuff, that that's cancer, honestly. So yeah. I try to, to get rid of it as, as much as possible. Of course, I'm not perfect by any means, you know, I have some problems and I work on yeah. it on a daily, but it became way better. I st started judging myself way less in terms of what I do. I started trusting yeah. my decisions more and my, my, you know, like we have those phases periodically where we feel like, you know, like frauds or like the 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 whole thing like who <laughs> yeah. am i like to even put myself out there and like why should people listen to me yeah. all of the shit we, we all yeah. have that you know whomever you talk to even cashmere like the guy who's like you know up there he still has those times by himself yeah. you know but he's still pushing through so that's that's not a problem that it's only predicated to you know to the low lows it's it's for everyone so yeah. i try to work on that as much as yeah. possible yeah but you also have to see we need to pay our bills of course it's also a survival question in the end you need to you know to make it happen to make it rain for yourself yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's the it's it's difficult that's why it's it's very tricky for when i try to give people advice on like whether they should do when they should whether they should produce full-time or not because i feel like the moment you switch to making music for a living is the is when your relationship with yeah uh, music changes um and and it's a very slippery slope when 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 you're not a fully uh self-sufficient artist because then you start looking at the music differently you start creating music just so right. you can pay the bills and then you're not making things that you enjoy so it's a very it's a hard balance to find between like making money and also right. making once something art. becomes so, a job it's a job yeah, it's a job <laughs> for sure there's no way around it there's no way but around to everyone it listening if you want to do full time focus on your core skills develop those and position yourself in a niche right now don't position yourself in, in the same sea of other people who do the same but also diversify your yeah. income. Like do do lessons, sell like samples as well. Mm -hmm. If if you're if you're skilled at it, lessons help a lot actually. Like giving lessons, you can do that. Build your build your portfolio up on on Fiverr. Like do a couple of five five buck lessons. Give some good take some yeah. <laughs> just get some good reviews off of Fiverr. Then use that on Instagram to promote yourself um, with good reviews and, yeah. and do like 30, 30 bucks an hour lessons, which works a lot. And you know. 200 bucks in a week by doing like four lessons couldn't, couldn't hurt, you know? It's not bad. Yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's something you could do. So look into into diversifying your um, income as well. Yeah, for sure. I 100% I agree. Diversifying your income is... Uh, it's uh, it's important. Um, it's also very difficult for people to find other ways to, to, to you know, to find income if, if they're only thing that they're they're banking on is music so there's definitely there's so many different avenues to of uh of making music from music itself and, and not just the creation of music right. you know like there's lessons like you said um sample packs uh you know youtube yeah. videos if pitching that, if for sync thing. so beats. lots of other things <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah let's talk lots about beat selling real quick if you if you mind sure um yeah what's the what's the sense on that right now because i mean again people ask me 
Can I successfully sell beats at this point? Yes, you can. At any point, people are killing it. Yeah. It's the way how you do it, yeah. how you sell it. Um, how do you see the beat market business at this point? Um, like with any market, I think that if depending on the way you look at it, you can see any market as oversaturated. Right. So a lot of people look at the especially people that are starting can look at the beat scene as like, oh, my gosh, there's so many producers selling beats like how it's it's probably impossible to sell beats, but not really, because there's there's always been there has always been a lot of producers selling beats ever since like sound click has been a thing. Right. People have been selling beats since the beginning of time. So. Uh, I feel like you need to get that out of your head and to start thinking of how you can be original in the way you promote your music and the way you do your music. And that's when you'll see success. Because if you just try and copy and paste a formula from somebody else that is is successful, that isn't really going to work for you. And the reason they're successful is because they have an original style. They have an original you know, marketing tactic or whatever. So uh, there are a lot of producers selling beats, but I do think it's it's possible to make a living still off of selling beats. Um, I don't currently sell beats anymore. Uh, I, I'm creating productions for myself. Um, but yeah, you know, selling beats was a uh, was a thing that I've that I did for a couple of years, and it, I found success in that. So, so it was an interesting time. So you cracked the code. Why, why don't you create a program on how to do that? Like, I feel like that would be something that people would enjoy from you. I'm sure there would be. Uh, I just, I don't want to take the time to, <laughs> to do that. It sounds like a lot of work. It is. It sounds it like is, it's going to it take is. a lot of time. But that, that, that's, my, that's the <laughs> yeah. marketing guy in me talking like, hey, you can make a program out of it and sell it. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of things that I can do that I'm sure my audience would enjoy. But the thing that I enjoy the most right now is just creating music. So I want right. to- what's, what's your focus right now and for the future then? Uh, so I'm working on an album right now. Uh, so a lot of people- uh, see me as a producer that that makes beats uh but i really enjoy using autotune and and adding that top line to melodies and uh just adding my voice to to the production i don't see myself as a singer at <laughs> by any means but i do I, I i see my voice as more of like a synth or or just like a uh like the lead of that production so I've been enjoying using my vocals uh, in in production, so I'm working on an album that has my vocals on it, uh, heavily inspired by Travis Scott. Shout out to Travis um, Scott. <laughs> you know, heavy auto tune. Yeah, shout out to Travis Scott. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited because you know I'm nervous ab about doing this because I'll, there's a lot. There are a lot of people who don't enjoy auto tune, um, and I and I understand why. Um, but I'm not using it in a way as a crutch. I'm just using it as just another production tool to add a layer of of the music that I wouldn't be able to add if I didn't have auto tune. You know, so that's where that's what my main focus is. I, I I'm really enjoying the music production process right now. Uh, I have I'm I've had the most fun I've ever had since I started making music. You know, sweet. So. Uh, and that that's what that's what matters to me. I don't really I'm not really concerned with uh, I did say I was nervous about how people are going to receive it, but I'm not really concerned with the backlash or whatever people are going to say about how the album sounds because I I had fun making it. So man, people will always have an opinion, so you you might as well do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you know, we're all going to we're all going to pass one day, so why why not do the things that I enjoy and not cater to what other people enjoy, you know? So 100%. Yeah.
that's my focus now. Just just making music and, and finishing this album. Right. So you want to position yourself more more as like more or less as an artist, do live shows as well, maybe? Yeah, I I I would love to do live shows. I have so many ideas for live shows right now. Um so once I finish this album, I'm gonna see, you know, how my audience feels about it. Right. And then hopefully I can uh, I have enough people around the United States to do a small tour <laughs> and then and come over to Germany and yeah I would play, love to come to Germany <laughs> play a set in Berlin <laughs> yeah, I would love to man um so yeah that that's the goal I would I, I just I love traveling and I feel like you know traveling and also performing live is the best way for me to justify traveling um so <laughs> man that's, that's I feel like nothing should be there to justify traveling Traveling for traveling's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. Traveling is uh, it's 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 one of my favorite things to do. Obviously, I can't travel as much right now because I'm taking care of my grandmother full time. Um, but you know, in the future, I would love to to travel to Germany and uh, <laughs> other other places of the world because it gives me so much perspective on on life and it shows me that I'm not the only person on this earth. You know, there are. Mil billions of other people billions different types of cultures um with the same problems yeah. with the same quirks you have mm -hmm. yeah and and i it just i love it so much awesome well if you're ever in berlin or germany just just hit me up we'll hang <laughs> yeah for sure man yeah for sure <laughs> we'll get to the to the usual beer and salsa just thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i uh is that so is that is that your uh is that germany's staple right there those two that the combination of of uh beer and and yeah yeah it's it's a staple like each and every um yeah festivity you visit that that's the basic thing um sausages do people do people in germany sorry to cut you oh, off good. do people in germany do they enjoy beer warm or do they enjoy it cold 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 okay because i I've heard from somebody that there are people in Germany uh, that do enjoy beer served warm. I don't know if that's a thing or right. I don't know about the the enjoyment of it. I definitely see people on a daily drinking warm beer, but this is this is yeah. you know more more on the alcoholic side, more on the less on the enjoyment <laughs> side. <Yeah. laughs> you know they would drink anything that has any 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 right any amount any of sort of alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> but in terms of enjoyment, if you go to a bar, this yeah, it's got to be gotta cold. Be like cold. we have this thing called Zapfsäule, which yeah. is basically this thing where you just pull it from 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 the top and you, you get it into the. Mm -hmm. Um, into the cup. Mm -hmm. This is how how I would prefer my beer as well, and most Germans, yeah, I feel like too. Um, so okay. we have, and we have the the sausages, but we have bratwurst, which is um the sausage with skin, and we have currywurst, which is the curry one without the skin, mm. like staples as well. And those are pretty amazing. If you get if if you make them right, the right way, not the cheapest ones. But if you make them on a grill with the coal and yeah. whatever, tastes really really good. What's a What's a typical side side dish for for uh for a sausage? Some kind of salad, you know, like like coleslaw or gotcha, potato salad or mm -hmm. you know. You never put you never put the sausage into a, a hot like a bun. We do, we right? do, but this is oh you do yeah okay. we do, but this is most of the time it's like it's on a platter with some kind of salad on the side, you know. Gotcha. Sounds delicious, man. I would love to come and try it one day. It's really good. If, yeah. yeah, and then you know like an ice cold beer with a with a foam on top. Can't beat that. It's good. Can't beat that. It's like the best feeling. And even <laughs> after work day, you know, you worked for like eight, ten hours. You like go outside, yeah. Meet your like your homies, and then you have the you know uh -huh. sausages, the beer, the friends. It's the best. It's like ah, uh, <laughs> the first sip of the beer is like the best. It's like the best. It's, it's the like best, dude, right? <laughs> this is what I'm living for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. Basically, that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, dude, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been uh, it, it, it's been about an it's been a while. Yeah, it's yeah. been like an hour. Nice, man. But it's it's been a pleasure to talk. Like honestly, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm glad that I, I got the chance to do this. Um, you know, knowing knowing more about you and more about your uh, just the way you are as a person. You know, because you when you see people on Instagram or social media in general, you kind of have this um, first impression of people, which is always, in my case, it's always different than how the person actually is. Right. You know, um, and I, I didn't have any negative thoughts of you, but I, I, I just didn't know too much about you. So getting to hear, you know, your story and a little bit of your story and just hearing how you are as a person, it's uh, it's very, it's very nice to hear. And it's, it's, it's very interesting to hear your, your perspective on life and, and producing. So I'm glad, I'm really glad that we got to do this. Dude, thanks a lot because yeah, you're the one being interviewed here. So I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of feeling like being interviewed right now, which is, which is, which is okay. It's just, it's just a talk between two dudes essentially. Yeah. So I would, I would love to have you in season three as well. Oh so, yeah. I'd love, I'd love to be in season three. So there you go. And you're kind of in between really good guests as well. So uh, if your podcast drops in like three to four weeks, that's, that's going to mean before you, it's going to be the Oak Sound guys, Burstimo, oh, which cool. is like, super dope management company from from London and they do all kinds of promotion yeah Spotify playlist TikTok um maybe you should reach out to mm -hmm. them as well because they're great yeah and right afterwards we got Steven Slate wow from Slate companies and well I hope it, it'll happen because I still haven't recorded him he said he has one <laughs> yeah. and then like oh dude so if, if you know how that is yeah <laughs> if Steven Slate is not on you know, I'm excusing myself right here officially, uh, but I have lots, I will not say the, the names of the next guests, but I have lots of good, really good guests planned in. Yeah. The last episode that released, uh, been, had been released two days ago was actually with Lofile. I don't know if you know him. Oh yeah. Great yeah. producer. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. great producer, yeah. killer producer, killer episode as well. So you're, you're in good company. I hope so. Yeah, man. I hope I could stack up. I don't know, man. I feel, <laughs> you know. Dude, this, this, honestly, this was up to now, this was one of, one of my favorite podcast because yeah. you bring so much this is why I like like your online stuff your your youtube your instagram you have the charisma you know you got the energy yeah. you got the charisma and this is a this is a quality not everyone has in the first place and then yeah. not everyone's even able to cultivate it because it's kind of part of your character not everyone has like the the witty kind of quirky energy <laughs> to them uh, i feel yeah. like i have it sometimes not not always i feel, i definitely yeah. see that that you have it and this is something that that gets people interested in you 100 percent yeah for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I just I, I really love talking to to people and, and just hearing, you know, their perspective. I just that's why I always ask so many questions. And I feel like every time I've ever done a podcast with somebody on their podcast, I feel like I'm doing the interviewing because I just want to know more about the person and I I'd rather not talk about myself. So Right. And it's also that's also kind of like giving value in the same in the same yeah. In the same time. Yeah, for sure. Which is cool. There's this bunch of value we, we pulled out of ourselves today, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tried at least. <laughs> well, dude, where can people find you online? Um, you could just find me on Instagram or YouTube, Chris Punsalan, C-H-R-I-S-P-U-N-S-A-L-A-N. Uh, you know, search me up, you'll find me. Yeah, and I'll put it in the description as well. Yeah, so. cool. It's, uh, it's uh, you know... It's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to miss. Like, you know, I'm always smiling. So it's, it's really hard to, <laughs> it's always hard. It's hard not to find me. Great. And you just got a single release as well. Yeah. I just released uh, a new single called Airplane. Uh, this will not, it's, I guess it's not, it's not going to be on the album, but it's just, uh, I'm right. just testing the waters with, with the sound. But and, it is on uh, Spotify. 
Yeah, it is on Spotify. So if you search there up you my go. name, um, you'll find it. Go and listen to it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And then follow this guy. He's awesome. Yeah. He's kind of he's kind of like the more energetic version of me. <laughs> I, I I can't even accept that because like with the, the amount of uh your just your 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 skill and talent is just uh it's just so incredible, dude. It makes me want to practice my instruments. So do it, <laughs> do it. Yeah, practice is key, man. Do the foundation, the basics. Yeah, the mother the of the basics, the basics. Mm-hmm. Back to the roots. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, dude. For sure. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on, and man, see you in season three. 100%. Yeah, I hope to see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. Bye. Peace. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope it's been a pleasure for y'all. It's been a pleasure for me. Next week, we got a surprise guest. I'm not going to spoil it this time because this one is special. <laughs> y'all going to love it. If you haven't downloaded my free ebook on marketing and branding as an artist and any music professional, please check it out. It's on my website, edward-core.com slash ebook. Also, I'm taking on the last batch of productions and mixes up until November 15th because I will be busy with other secret projects um, that you're gonna know about real soon. So if you want to have a song produced by The Funk Lord, reach out to me or my website or just drop me a DM on Instagram. Same goes for any mixes you might want to have done. So if you want to do that, reach out and I'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>